Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together, chapter by chapter, out loud, looking at Exodus 37 today. So we saw last time they actually set out to do this work, to build this thing, and everybody gets on board, young and old, men and women. Um, it's not just like the the experts here, but everybody who has um, anything to bring, they, they're coming, they're bringing this stuff. Uh, they're all working together as one. And so today they're actually going to make the ark. Uh, and, and this is, uh, th- I, I imagine they must have read this chapter a lot before they made that, um, what was it, like the 1980, was it 1981 um, Harrison Ford movie? Uh, but maybe we'll end up talking about that later. But they, so they actually make all these things now, the altar of incense, the lampstand, the table. Uh, so, you know, what again, what are these objects again? What's their significance? We talked about it more uh, a little bit, but we can talk about a little bit more today. Um, and, and then I think there's a couple of things that come out in this chapter in particular that didn't come out in the directions. So um, some good stuff to be looking at today. Again, all things that point ahead to the temple, who is Christ Jesus, our Lord. Joining us today, we've got Pastor John Lekumski, pastor in Southern Illinois, who's also one of the co-hosts of Wrestling with the Basics. One of the programs on Saturday mornings on KFUO nine is nine. It's nine o'clock or nine thirty central. But good morning, it's welcome nine, back, brother. It's it, it's nine oh four to be precise. Nine oh five. That's right. Well, yes, no. It's it's like our program, right? It's like yeah. 04, I don't know what really, it is with but, KFUO that nothing starts on the hour. <laughs> but uh, well, we all so you have can our turn quirks, in at right? nine, just like you can turn in at eleven on this show. But you'll have to, you know, sit around for a few minutes before things start happening. <laughs> well, you so. got to get the news update, you know. And the news update yeah, today yeah. was was kind of cool. They were talking. What was Kip saying? Like it was like a, you know, the uh, the Hagia Sophia, right? And that was that was interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, see now, see you get that's right. It, 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 if you turn it at eleven, you get the news update. Uh, but but at, at, on Saturday morning, or you just get some random hymn <laughs> that's being played. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> but, uh, well, and, and we've got another complication. Are you sure it's chapter thirty-seven? I guess you do. You're the host. But they sent uh-oh. me chapter thirty-six. <laughs> so oh, did I did I did I jump ahead already to thirty-seven? I I. I might be too just too much of an eager beaver here actually you know what yeah i think i think you're right 37 is what we're doing tomorrow so what are we doing today then um you scared me (laughs) sorry sorry there sorry there i I was looking at my notes for the wrong day here oh no no so that's where we're going that's what we're gonna do tomorrow but yeah no 36 they're they're still they're still building the tabernacle (laughs) yeah it's just the same they're just they're just still working on it i mean it's kind of a big tent we can't get the furniture in until we get the house finished. So, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah that's right. But yeah, so uh, yeah, thank you for catch, catching me on that before I just went and read the wrong <laughs> chapter here. But yeah, no, like it's uh, it, it, it's funny because you know it's broken down into two chapters like this. But yeah. I yeah. mean, it's just, it's just really much, like it's really just part two of what the preceding. In fact, the ESV doesn't even uh, really kind of make a new section. Uh, when you get to the chapter number, it just smashes this big 36 in there because it's kind of just part of all the preceding. Well, and, and you've even got, I, I don't know why they divided the chapters the way they did, because actually our story begins back in chapter 35, verse 30, where you've got yep. all the uh, people being appointed, the the craftsmen and everything that are going to build this. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. So, well, and I hope everyone realizes that that the chapter divisions are not divinely inspired. <laughs> that was imposed by people later, and sometimes we do scratch our heads on why they broke it up the way they broke it up. But that's okay. It's a nice way to get around in the Bible. That's right. If anyone has listened to five episodes of Thy Strong Word, they have probably heard this. (laughs) 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 It comes up a lot. But anyways, good to have you with us again, brother. I always enjoy our conversations. Random screaming in the background, by the way. My family from St. Louis is actually up here in Minnesota with us. So I said, you all got to be quiet now. (laughs) All right. right. We know they're doing doing their best. They're doing their best. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get underway here. Would you start us off with a prayer? Oh, Lord, uh, um, help us. Help us. Give us your Holy Spirit. We, we, we read all these details, and, and in fact, they're repetitive details. They're things we've already heard before, and we scratch our heads and wonder, why, why did Moses bother to write all this down again? But uh, we pray that it won't just be some detail uh, but we'll see that this is your word, and it is spoken to us, and there are things that we can learn and be strengthened by in these words, and, and by your power and by the gift of your Spirit, may that be accomplished by AJ and I. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. And thanks for that prayer. You know, it, it's an interesting thing about the details. We, we, we kind of end up talking about this kind of a lot, too, but, you know, on the one hand— you know, kind of the name of the game with us is we're, we're kind of reading, you know, a whole chapter at a time. We're not, we're trying not to get hung up on the details. Yeah. We want to read like big swaths of, of Bible so we can kind of put the pieces together. But, um, you know, if you're just kind of sketching everything broadly and you don't have any details, your sketch pad just looks like a square or like a triangle yes. or something. Yeah. It's got, you you got to have some detail and color or else it's just you don't really know what you're looking at. Right. And, and I think these details here, they, they are they are helpful because, you know, when we're talking about this tent. You realize it's it's a lot more than just kind of a, a temporary structure so we don't get rained on. <laughs> That's right. It's not just the wedding tent we're putting up here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not just like some shade, right? You yeah, know, for the yeah. party, it's it's a lot more than that. But uh, any anything else that you want to want to say to kind of whet our appetite or well, uh, well, help anchor our I, minds? I, I, you know, I, I, that, that like you said, that's the tension. And, and as the old saying is, the devil is in the details, and I suppose the spirit as well, uh, because <laughs> yeah. it's a lot of the details. That, oh man, uh, we, we begin to see the the shadow that is uh, the uh, reality of Jesus Christ. Although I think in this particular section. The, the the broad the bigger picture is very very important because the the question that I saw in every commentary I read is why are we having all this repetition because essentially this is all the same detail we were given back ten chapters ago mm. and so why because I, I imagine it takes a lot of sheepskins to do this and <laughs> yeah, it's right. a rather laborious thing to copy these things letter by letter why would Moses uh, and, and I think we need to wrestle with that issue. Why was it necessary to repeat all of these directions regarding the tabernacle? And as like you said, uh, tomorrow, all of the furnishings of the tabernacle. And, and I, I, have a, I have an answer to that question. Ooh, I don't okay. know if you want to discuss that at this point or not. But well, I, I think this is one of those chapters where the, the overall picture is probably really, really important. Yeah. 
Well, this is interesting. I'm glad I'm glad you hear that you have an answer, so we can kind of put some answers together and kind of just uh, put it, put them out there on the table and just take turns swinging at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and like hopefully we'll yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll we'll come out with something better in the end. But the candy uh, will fall out. <laughs> that's right. The the, can, the, the pinata of the uh, exegetical pinata. That's right. <laughs> yes. the ex, right. Oh, we have a new concept. The exegetical yeah, ex, pinata. Exegesis is like a pinata. Okay. All right. Here, here we go. Okay. You can use that for when you're teaching now. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I, I think I like this. I'll write that down. Yeah. Exegesis is like a pinata. You got to keep swinging at it until the candy comes out. That's yeah. like it. Okay. Chapter 36 here from the top. Bezalel and Aholiab and every craftsman in whom the Lord had put skill and intelligence to know how to do any work in the construction of the sanctuary shall work in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. And Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab and every craftsman in whose mind the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him up to come to do the work. And they received from Moses all the contribution that the people of Israel had brought for doing the work of the sanctuary. They still kept bringing him free will offerings every morning, so that all the craftsmen who were doing every sort of task in the sanctuary came, each from the task he was doing, and said to Moses, The people bring much more than enough for doing the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave command, and word was proclaimed throughout the camp, Let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, for the material they had was sufficient to do all the work and more. And all the craftsmen among the workmen made the tabernacle with ten curtains. They were made of fine twine linen and blue and purple and scarlet yarns with cherubim skillfully worked. The length of each curtain was twenty-eight cubits, and the breadth of each curtain four cubits. All the curtains were the same size. He coupled five curtains to one another, and the other five curtains he coupled to one another. He made loops of blue on the edge of the outermost curtain of the first set. Likewise, he made them on the edge of the outermost curtain of the second set. He made 50 loops on the one curtain, and he made 50 loops on the edge of the curtain that was in the second set. The loops were opposite one another, and he made 50 clasps of gold and coupled the curtains one to the other with clasps, so the tabernacle was a single whole. He also made curtains of goat's hair for a tent over the tabernacle. He made 11 curtains. The length of each curtain was 30 cubits, and the breadth of each curtain 4 cubits. The 11 curtains were the same size. He coupled five curtains by themselves and six curtains by themselves, and he made 50 loops on the edge of the outermost curtain of the one set and 50 loops on the edge of the other connecting curtain. And he made 50 clasps of bronze to couple the tent together that it might be a single whole. And he made for the tent a covering of tanned ram skins and goat skins. Then he made the upright frames for the tabernacle of acacia wood. Ten cubits was the length of each length of a frame and a cubit and a half the breadth of each frame. Each frame had two tenons for fitting together. He did this for all the frames of the tabernacle. The frames for the tabernacle he made thus, 20 frames for the south side. And he made 40 bases of silver under the 20 frames, two bases under one frame for its two tenons, and two bases under the next frame for its two tenons. For the second side of the tabernacle, on the north side, he made 20 frames and their 40 bases of silver, two bases under the one frame and two bases under the next frame. For the rear of the tabernacle westward, he made six frames. He made two frames for corners of the tabernacle in the rear, and they were separate beneath but joined at the top at the first ring. He made two of them this way for the two corners. There were eight frames with their bases of silver, 16 bases under every frame, two bases. He made bars of acacia wood, 
five for the frames of the one side of the tabernacle and five bars for the frames of the other side of the tabernacle and five bars for the frames of the tabernacle at the rear westward. And he made the middle bar to run from end to end halfway up the frames and he overlaid the frames with gold and made their rings of gold for holders for the bars and overlaid the bars with gold. He made the veil of blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twine linen with cherubim skillfully worked into it he made it. And for it he made four pillars of acacia and overlaid them with gold. Their hooks were of gold, and he cast for them four bases of silver. He also made a screen for the entrance of the tent of blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twine linen, embroidered with needlework, and its five pillars with their hooks. He overlaid their capitals, and their fillets were of gold, but their five bases were of bronze. All right. So lots and lots of detail. Yeah. <laughs> lots and lots of details. Um, yeah, I, I think I've said this before, but kind of like when I read a chapter like this, I'm like having all these like kind of traumatic flashbacks of like, you know, struggling with Ikea furniture and tents. You know, it's like, a, <laughs> you know, you just kind of like, you know, what bit by bit. And then you're like, this this picture does not match the thing that gave me. And you're like, what what is part A? And you're, you're just, you know, like, so it's it kind of reminds me of like every project like that. But um it just kind of strikes me like this description that we have here. It, it feels, um, I don't know. It feels very much like this could be the order that you would actually do it in. Does that make sense? I'm not actually sure, but like, it, it kind of seems like, it, like as opposed to maybe a description where, I don't know, it's kind of like you're looking at it and what, what kind of might make sense to, uh, just kind of visualize, but it, it seems like this is kind of like a step-by-step, step, like this is how you actually just build the thing. I, I don't know if that actually works, but what, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I, I love the analogy to Ikea, <laughs> and I love that because like you say, you're just figuring, how do you even put this together? Uh, and and I've, I've read stories of that where people took these things and wanted to try to duplicate it, and, and there really isn't enough detail to duplicate it perfectly. I guess you have to have the master craftsman, because <laughs> yeah. the Ikea would make sense, wouldn't it? If you had the master craftsman, they would know what all those yeah. directions meant. Um, right. But I, I really, I really, I, I really like your thought there, uh, because uh, I, I read that from another commentary. Because that's one of the big differences between this and what we had ten chapters ago. It's in a different order. Uh, but that yeah. was also what that commentator said. That's because this is the outline from uh, uh, the, the master craftsman here. And, 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 and in fact, there's actually a, a part of the Talmud where, where uh, the, uh, supposedly uh, Bezel came to Moses and said, this isn't really how God told you to do it, was it? Because <laughs> you, can't, you can't make the furniture first and then build the house. We have to have some place to put the... the, the and so, so in That's here, awesome. the order is reversed. You know, yeah. in, in the original directions, you have all the furniture laid out and then the uh, uh, tabernacle. Here, you start with a tabernacle and then do all the furniture. So uh, apparently the rabbis would agree with you. This is the practical version here of how it's actually yeah. done. Yeah. So, uh, well, you know, and, and I think to, to the thing you, you were saying first, though, that there's not enough detail. I mean, this, this probably would have been enough detail for the people who are wandering in the desert, right? Or yes. or maybe even the, their descendants a few generations later, right? Who kind of already yeah. knew enough. They kind of had like enough context. So like if you just gave them this, they, they could have maybe figured out the rest, you know? But like for us, just so much later, 
yeah, we, we would need more detail than this, right? Like, well, of course, you know, us, like we would just need a YouTube video, right? Like, cause it's just forget <laughs> about building or doing anything if we, if it's written down, you know, but so, I mean, we, we would need more, but I, I, I suspect that this might've been enough actually for them. And, um, and in, in that regard, it is kind of valuable information, like on its own, like, even if it is, um, repetitive, like it, uh, I'll just give like one kind of silly analogy, but I remember it made an impression on me. I think it was in first grade. It was like for maybe second grade, but like uh, the, the teacher, she handed us this test and she said, this is a test that really is just going to be testing, you know, how, how good you follow directions. And it, it's, it's an important test. And you, here it is. It's, it's, it's like a hundred questions long. So yeah, I know it's, it's really long, but what I want you to do is I want you to read over all the directions first and then start taking the test. Very important that you read all the directions first and then you start taking the test and you have the rest of the period. Um, and, and so, and so we embark on this thing. And then so I, re- I read over the directions, you know, uh, like, okay, all right, fine. Question one, uh, question two. And I'm going through this, right? And it's just like, I'm like, oh my goodness, my hand is falling off. This thing is forever long. And then the, the terrifying thing is, I'm like, question like, you know, 20 or something. And I start seeing people like close up their, their, their test book, <laughs> set it aside, put their pencil on top of it. And they just kind of gently fold their hands and kind of just sit like, do, 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 do. And I'm just like, what? Seriously? They finish already? And so I just go faster and I go faster and I go faster. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to, I'm doing something wrong. And, and then I see more and more people start doing this. And I'm just like, how am I being so slow? How is this even possible? And so I'm just going furiously, furiously, furiously. Anyway, at, at some point, I don't know what happened if I just like if it was like we she called time or whatever. But at the very end of the test, there's a direction that says, congratulations for reading all the directions first. If you read this far, you may close your booklet without answering any of the questions, like fold it neatly, put your pencil <laughs> on it and fold your hands and just rest or read a book the rest of the period. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, I didn't read all the directions first before starting wow i will not make that mistake again so that was i mean that that was really something it made an impression on me and i kind of feel like that's a little bit what's going on here that in the earlier chapter it's like okay read all the directions first right and now these are the steps right i mean like does that make sense i mean i I don't know it, you know, it's 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 interesting, AJ, because I, I'm a I'm an older generation. I'm a different generation than you are, and we yeah. had that exact same stupid test. <laughs> they, they must have passed that around. Yeah, and I always thought that's a cheap shot. That's Nine. what I thought about that. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I wasn't happy with my teacher. <laughs> I, I, it, was, it felt so like a betrayal a whole, at the time. Whole yeah. Generations of people that hate their teachers because they gave a stupid test like that. But I think that that's a point, and 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 so so we're wrestling with why why the detail, why repeating it, and, and the answer that I found again from the the rabbinical commentaries and also from many Christian commentaries is that's the idea. It shows that they're doing what God has told them to do. So yeah. while the actual assembly of the things we don't have because that's left up to the the craftsmen, they know how to do that. Uh, I, I expect my dad was a carpenter. I, he would come in and he could build something. He didn't have to have a YouTube video, like you said. I, right. I, he'd have the material, he'd have the measurements, but he knew how to put it together. And yet, on the other hand, when you looked at this structure, you could say, oh, look at that, there's 50. 
50 of those little ringlets on there, just exactly the way God said. Um, mm -hmm. So I, that's the emphasis that I heard over and over again. It was to show that they were doing things just the way God told them to do them. Um, yeah, so, that's true. So you could look at it like that, too. Like, instead of kind of like, these are, uh, like, this is the overview, and then these are the step-by-step yeah. -step instructions. You could look at it as also as, like, um, these are the instructions, and then this is, like, the inspection report, right? Ah, like the, like, sure. Like the checklist, like you were saying. Like, we went through, and, yep, yeah, he made this just like you said, and he made this just like you said. Yeah, it all checks out, right? Um, and, you know, for, for us, uh, I mean, like, I don't know, we, we might not do it this way or something but um i mean I, I think it makes sense to do it this way for for their context that um i mean because you know probably originally all the these reports and everything were, were probably just carried on in oral tradition that initially before you even wrote them down it was just like an oral document and if, for them it just makes sense to just go ahead and just do the whole thing so I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot, uh, and, yeah. and I hate it when people do that to me. But you are the linguist, yeah. Uh, and, and well, the, the one thing I did notice, uh, uh, well, the one thing that I noticed when I was reading the commentaries, nobody nobody talks about the details. And at first that puzzled me, and then everybody was, oh well, that's because they already talked about the details ten chapters earlier. Yeah. But but the the thing that everyone pointed out and the differences, and and I hope everyone, I'm making myself clear, ten chapters earlier we had the exact same stuff we have here. All almost word for word yeah uh, the order has changed but the other thing that was different the commentators said is that the verbiage has changed here too uh <laughs> here's hmm. why I, I apparently hebrew is a lot harder than greek because i feel pretty <laughs> confident on greek but but one commentator said the the original directions were in the future or, or another one said they were in the imperative and i'm thinking well how can that be isn't it one or the other uh, but they all seem to agree that the verbs in this section, in chapter 36, uh -huh. were, were verbs that suggested this was done, this was accomplished. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Do you have any comments about that? Or how can you have well, a verb that could be imperative or future? Or we just don't know. Yeah. Well, we've kind of talked about that a little bit. Um, yeah, so maybe we can kind of just uh, yeah, talk about this a little bit. Because you covered that material already, yeah. Yeah, 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 we, we, we did. So I, I think we can maybe like talk about this a little bit and then we'll uh, we just have a couple of minutes before our break and we'll kind of get into some okay. of the uh, more specific details just from the top. But uh, overall, yeah, th this is a good question. So we talked, we've talked about this a couple of times and the biggest example was in connection with the Ten Commandments themselves because yes. the Ten Commandments are not actually um, like do this, do this, don't do that. No. Like they, they don't they don't have the imperative form they don't have the what's sometimes called the prohibitive form. Uh, well, they're, rather, they're not even called. They're not even called commandments, really. Well, they, they're, 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 not, they're not commands. They're not commands. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure, right? So, so they're put in this form that's sort of like, well, this, and this is the thing. You could translate it as you you must do this, you must not do that, kind of like. Uh, like these are the things that are necessary, which is kind of like it's a it's sort of like a statement. I mean, it's a statement that says like what what you got to do or not, but it's not kind of like you know barking orders. Or you could take the form as you'll you'll do these things, you'll you'll do these things on these days, you'll do those things, uh, but you won't do those things, right? So it's just kind of like a yeah. description of just kind of like this is how it's going to be in the future, right? Um, and and the form is kind of 
a, a little bit vague or uh, ambiguous, flexible, put it that way, between the two. And so the same thing is going on there in chapter 26 that it's sort of like, this is what you're going to do, right? Um, and then here it's like, well, they actually went and did it. Yes. So there's some things we could say about that, but we had to take our break. <laughs> ah, okay. So, so everybody, hang on. We're looking at Exodus chapter 36 here today on Thy Strong Word, and we'll be right back. On this Tuesday, July 28, 2020, KFUO Radio celebrates with our day sponsors, Gary and Wanda Vandry of Lancaster, California. Gary and Wanda made a gift to KFUO Radio in thanksgiving to the Lord for spouses, children, and grandchildren who are a blessing to their lives every day. Thank you, Gary and Wanda Vandry, for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO Day Sponsors. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. The prophet Isaiah chapter 55 verses 10 and 11. Begin and conclude your day with the word that accomplishes the purposes for which it is sent. Morning prayer at 7 a.m. and evening prayer at 5 p.m. Weekdays on KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. The broadcasts of morning prayer and evening prayer are underwritten by Lutherans for Life. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Exodus chapter 36 today. We're joined by our guest. We've got Pastor John Lekumski, pastor in Southern Illinois. Well, I guess he, he lives in Southern Illinois, but right now he's up there with the, the family and the and the youngins up there in, in Minnesota, right? Yes, where it's a wonderful 75 degrees as we speak. So <laughs> there, you, there you go. Nice. Not bad at all. Of course, you probably got nice. But I keep forgetting you're not in St. Louis. See, the people listening to St. Louis are going, oh, my gosh, it's 90 degrees and 100 degrees. And yeah. it feels like 100. But uh, you know, what, what's the weather like out there on the coast? Oh, uh, well, you know, we, we have it pretty good a lot of these days in the summer. A lot of a lot of our summer days actually start off very nice because we just have this big marine layer, as they call it, that comes uh, over. And so yeah. it's just it's just gray and cool and you can just. Yeah, it's it's very nice. It's like uh, probably like upper sixties, lower seventies. So there you um, go. There you go. Yeah. So, but you know, it'll... so we're not discouraging people to live in St. Louis area. But... 
at least in the summertime. Of course, you yeah. see, you get it all year round. That's the only we move out of Minnesota right away as soon as October hits because it it's going to get really really cold here. There will be no marine effect here. That, there, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, but yeah, and well, and there wouldn't have been, I don't think, a marine effect um, out there in the wilderness when they were building no. all of these things, including this tabernacle, which, you know, yep. I mean, you, you think to yourself like, oh, that's why they need a tabernacle. So, so they could have some shade, but, but no, uh, we, we know, we know from the account that they had, there were a whole mess of other tents. Everybody had their own tent, right? They, yep. This yep. was a tent specifically for God. For and God. the description of it is, it, it's unlike any other. It's, it's really, it's really rather specific. Um, and, and we were just looking at that, how you can compare Exodus 36 is, you know, in many cases, word for word, the same as chapter 26. Yet there are these little differences. And so um, if anyone has a keen eagle eye, you notice any differences, or if you're just like, hey, we never talked about that in chapter 26. Can we talk about that now? Good opportunity for some questions here. If you're listening live, you can call 1-800-730-2727, or if you're in St. Louis, 314-821-0850. You can also send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org, or you can hop on the live stream, which is, hooray, working again, facebook.com slash AJ Espinosa. I want to make sure to thank our underwriters as well, the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Thank you guys for supporting Thy Strong Word. Their website, lhfmissions.org. Okay, so, yeah, so the detail, brother, that you and I were just talking about was that there were, I guess, a different differences of uh, tenses here, right? Yes, that, yes. That, that you've got kind of this kind of, in, in chapter 26, it's, it's very, you know, this is, this is what you're going to do, this is what you're going to do, um, this is what you got to do, you know, it's kind of flexible like that. Um, and then here in, in 36, it's like, and this is what they did. Um, you know, so that's... That's uh, I mean, I guess there's in some ways that seems like pretty straightforward. Did, did any of the commentaries you were looking at say that like the actual like verb like stems were different? Like it was like you know God said hammer it, and but it says here they chiseled it or something like that. Or well, was it no, just tenses? I, I mean at least at least what I read suggested that no, that the forms are all the same except the oh, yeah. tenses were different. And like I said, there was a little bit of puzzle because some said that the original directions were imperatives. Others said they were simply futures. And, and I really appreciate what you said there because, see, we, we have to help people understand that. We came up with the concept of Ten Commandments. That wasn't mm -hmm. God's concept. God's concept was, I'm going to give you ten words. Deborim. And, and, yeah. and I love what you said there. This is how it will be. If you're my people, no, you're not going to be killing and stealing. You just don't do that. I'm not giving it to you to command because this is how you will want to do things. And you want to you want to worship me and, and, and you want to hold my name precious, you know. Uh, it's the same thing like the Beatitudes. We, we read the Beatitudes in Matthew 5 as if these are conditional statements, right? If you do this, then this is what will happen. Uh, but uh, I, I think it was uh, Gibbs from the seminary that pointed out, no, these are these are statements of fact. This is just yeah. how it is. Because uh, um, I think that's the crucial thing that's going on here. Uh, I, I, I think the Jews read it and, and Christian, some Christian commentators read it as, okay, here's God told them what to do, and oh, now they're doing it, and that's the important thing. But, but I'm actually thinking the point here is that God said this is what's going to happen, and guess what? It is what happened, um, and the reason you have to give the directions a second time is because a terrible apostasy has happened in the meantime, right? Yeah. 
God came. He yeah. gave them his laws. He gave them all the directions on how they could relate to him. Because that's, that's what all this is about. People need to know this is God saying, look, I want to give you something so you know my presence, so you know where you can come and how you can approach me, so you know I'm always there for you. So this is why we're going to do these things. And then you turned around and, and worshiped a golden calf. <laughs> No, that, that, that's fair, you know, and, and for that matter, you know, we could have repeated the Ten Commandments, too, because uh, he, he wrote them down again, it says, right? God Yeah, did. they're given a second um, time, so, even though they're so, not So, I mean, recorded. all these, yeah, all these things are, are given and written and spoken again, so, I mean, that, that's, that's, a, that's a fair point. Um, and, and then, yeah, the description, yeah, of kind of like, this is, this is what God said was going to happen, and then it, that's how it happened. I, yeah, I mean, I think that, that in a lot of ways, that, that that's, a, that's a good way— as a good way too of um you know kind of capturing the, the whole thing that we saw last time back in chapter thirty five how there was all this talk about what was the phrase here right we looked at that how the word spirit actually gets used oh, right yes. like it is actually yes. the spirit of God and it was like back in thirty five yeah and back in verse twenty one of twenty five or thirty five you know and they came everyone whose heart stirred him everyone whose spirit moved him right and then and then later um talking about uh, Bezalel and, uh, or not, not uh, who was it, Bezalel and Aholiab, uh, right? Um, yes. That it says in 31, he has filled him with the Spirit of God. So, like, the Spirit's mentioned in both places, and so it, it, it's very much like God is the one who's animating the people to do these things, and so, you know, God had a plan, he laid it out, and then he sent the Spirit to make it happen. I mean, in that way, it, it feels a lot like Genesis, so, so what we have here is a contrast between the religion of works, and the religion of works is always about you and what you're doing, and the religion of faith, which is a religion about what God does and what God yeah. works in us by his spirit, as, as you said. So, so we started off with the religion of works, and of course it went horribly wrong. And it's not that the law that God gave them was bad. You know, Paul Paul actually talks about this in Romans, that the law was good. The law was holy. Of course we don't want to be killing and stealing. Of course we should worship no other gods. But that law does not accomplish anything. That, 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 that Those words are dead, in a sense. And, and, and all they bring, right, they shut our mouths so that everyone might know that they're sinners before the Lord. So now we come at it again, and now it's God doing his thing. It's not a religion of works. Uh, it's a religion of the spirit, of faith. And what a difference yeah. it makes. Um, what, what tickled me is, is, is the, the first thing we were going to build a thing to worship, right? We were going to build a golden calf. And so right. you gave up your earrings, you and your wife and your kids. Uh, apparently the, the boys had ears pierced too. Uh, right. and, and I was thinking, that's how it is with idols. That's why we like idols, AJ. They don't ask a lot of us. Right? Hmm. Give, give, give a little, get, throw a little money into the offering plate, get, spend an hour in church. That, that's taken care of. That's all idols really want from you. See, what people need to realize is this God that we're talking about here, that we're going to have a description of how to worship, he wants everything, <laughs> right? Yeah. He, he doesn't take a portion of your life. He wants everything in your life devoted to him. And so that's we've interesting. Got this, yeah, go ahead. Well, go ahead. I, I, I was gonna say I, I hadn't I hadn't thought about that. That it's true. Like it says, it's like you know, it was like uh, basically jewelry, right? It, it was like yes, you know, earrings, yeah. you know, br bracelets, armlets, like these sorts of things. And and uh, yeah, but but this, it's like you know, they 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 were bringing large quantities. And in fact, if we go back to the text here, um, back in the beginning of thirty six, right? 
this description yes. of how they were bringing these offerings every morning, right? That's the description there in three and four, right? They still kept bringing him free will offerings every morning. Well, I mean, if they're if they're doing this like every morning, like apparently, right? They're they're bringing such large quantities of it that it requires like multiple like loads, right? I, yes. I mean, like I can't imagine that it's like. Every, I mean, really, like every morning, it's like here's my one earring for the day. Like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think so, right? Um, I think the the idea is it's like they're bringing so much that they have to take, you know, multiple trips, right? Um, and, and and so that, that that's interesting that you know maybe maybe the golden calf was like they kind of like gave like ah you know this is my leftovers, you know, but then God's like no, I want your first fruits. And, and, and so what's super cool, and I believe that's why this section is here in this chapter, is like you said, they were giving so much that finally Moses and the leaders had to say, don't bring any more in. In fact, I love the phrase, they have to restrain them. Yeah. <laughs> now, how many pastors out there would rejoice if they had to say, <laughs> oh, no more offerings, people. Please, please, no, keep your money. No. We've no, got you, more you, than that's enough. Right. That's right. You've got, you've got, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to keep some for yourselves, guys. You know, just, yeah, just to put food seriously. on the table. Yes. You know, just, but, but you, you know, I mean, I mean, your generosity. I'm overwhelmed. I, I know, right? But like, isn't that something too? Just speaking to your, uh, what we've been saying about, you know, this difference of how like the spirit has moved people. Like, you yes. know, with the golden calf, it's like they, they, they gave up. Kind of like you know, like Aaron was like, ah, just kind of bring some of the extras. How about how about just the earrings? You're like, ah, okay, the earrings. Yeah, sure. That's we, right. We, we can, didn't we even need your that, bracelets. Right? Just your earrings. But, but like, yeah, yeah. But but isn't it interesting that like, you, you know, it would have been. I mean, like you know, there's Aaron kind of suggesting this idea, perhaps because they're like, well, we I mean, we don't like, give up like too much or anything, right? And so, and so there we have a picture, perhaps, or we're kind of being stingy, but here they're being moved to to such a degree of generosity that Moses has to tell them to stop. That I mean, and isn't that like an amazing change, right? Like, I mean, if we all just kind of look at ourselves for a second. Wouldn't we like to have that kind of generosity because we have that kind of contentedness that we could just bring every day truckloads of stuff to God because we're actually just happy without it? Like if we didn't actually need the stuff or feel like we need the stuff to be happy, wouldn't that be a relief? Wouldn't that be liberating to be able to just say, yeah, here, I'll, I'll dump it all out and I don't miss it? And and, and, and so that that is the lesson in this text for us, AJ, if, if, we, if you find you're stingy, and I do that all the time, I find myself stingy, uh, the, the answer to that is not to say, well, I guess I better be more generous. No, 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 that, that and, and I know it doesn't help because I've tried doing that and it doesn't help, it doesn't help at all. But what we need to realize is, oh yeah, that's that sinful nature in me, it really is. I actually thought I was a pretty decent Christian because I threw a 20 in the offering basket. No, I guess I'm not a decent Christian, I, I am the sinner. And then to realize that you have this, this unbelievable grace of God, this has said, this mercy, that he has continued to provide for me day in and day out, even though I have been stingy. Uh, and then, then that gospel and the spirit, and we do, and, and we do, we do things that are remarkable. Sometimes we do really generous things, and and we don't even think about it. it just seemed like what we needed to do at that moment, but but that's the that's the thing. You you cannot find that through commands and through law. You cannot find that by beating yourself up. I have no one to. No, it has to come. Yeah. And, and see, they experienced that, didn't they, AJ? They did. Because they, they broke the number one commandment. I would yep. think at this point that God would just say, that's it, forget it, yep. this was a mistake. In and that's fact, what he said. 
You said they forget it. I'll wipe them all out and I'll start over with Moses. That's what he said. And Moses intercedes for them. See, that's in these chapters since we had the original directions, these beautiful yeah. prayers of Moses, because we need an intercessor. And, and see, that's the great thing for us as Christians. We, we've got an intercessor. His name's Jesus. And every day he comes and he says, that John, he's so stingy. And he's stingy because he doesn't trust the Lord. But Lord, you got to love him. You got to forgive him. You know, I died for him. And, and, and the Lord, I wake up in the morning and I've still got a family and I've still got food and I've got housing and I'm in 70 degree weather. Uh, uh, and it's just a matter of the Spirit helping me remember that, see. Uh, and then no one has to command you. Then you just do it because, well, why wouldn't you, like you said, because we, we, we're freed up from all these things. So I just love this chapter because it's laid out for us right there. What we need is the Spirit that comes from God's grace and mercy. Uh, and yeah. we're still struggling trying to think we can do it by our own. Well, and, and we and we saw that, like you were saying, in, in the intercession of Moses, right? And we had like some, yeah. some really great chapters in there um, all about this, and especially like in Exodus uh, 32 and 33, this this repeated intercession, right? Where where he's you know Moses is saying like. God, you know, if you're if you're gonna kill them, you got to kill me too, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. and, and to think Ooh, that that's like what a great right? Christ think, thing there, huh? Yeah, exactly. Huh? To think that, that yeah. that's what Christ said, like you know, Father, if you're gonna punish them, you have to punish me. I mean, I mean, you know, just to think about that, and that that He would rather be punished with us than just enjoy perfection all by itself. I mean, it's it's an amazing thought. Um, and we we have a question here. I want to make sure that we don't neglect sure. it. Um, here on the phone, we got we got James calling in. Hey, James, we haven't heard from you a little bit. Good morning, brother. How are you? What's your question? Uh, I'm doing well, and I'm always prompted to call when uh, Pastor Lacanfi is on because yeah, uh, he helps us grapple with the basics, you know, and wrestle with it. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Over the Thanks, years, like he very, helped us very much. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'd like to ask, you know, a question and divide it between the two of you. Sure. Uh, the first question was to Pastor Lakomsky, and I'd like to ask him, how does the abundant life uh, relate to this abundance of giving in this passage? Yeah. Yeah, in this yeah. passage? And uh, for you, Brother Moderator, yeah. I'd like to ask, how does the passage rhetorically relate to uh, this particular text? In Luke 6 and 38, where it says, give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Uh, Can you tell me how that rhetorically relates to our text today? And if you if you do, Pastor A.J., uh, you have my questions. I sent them in, you know, kind of talk about dead languages and how that discourse can generally uh, help us understand uh, spiritual wisdom today. Yeah. Thanks for that. That's yeah, some, okay. some good questions there. Um, yeah, so so we kind of have like two questions there, and kind of like a, a bonus one. Um, it, it, guys in the studio, um, if uh, Stephanie, if you can see if we got an email from James, um, but yeah, well, let's go ahead and start, Pastor Lakumsky. John, do you want to take a well, crack yeah, at the and, first and, one? And 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 James, yeah, good good to talk to you. Glad to hear that you're still listening and you're still. Uh, helping people grow on the word there, uh, uh, and, and of course, uh, this is this is the great gift that God has given me—the understanding that it's all about it's all about His love and all about His forgiveness. 
Uh, now, I constantly fall back into the thought that it's about me and about what I need to do only to my frustration. But but you want to have generous people. You want to have people like described in this text. Then they have to know that God is generous. They have to know that God would not right. hold anything back from them. Uh, it, it is all an issue of faith. And I don't know how you can give people faith apart from Jesus Christ. Uh, because honestly, God works wondrous things in our lives. And yet in the gifts he gives us here on earth, there's always limits death being the number one limit. Uh, uh, and since I had my brush with death early this year, I'm all the more conscious of that. So so it, people think it's a matter of God, just if God would just give us all kinds of blessings, well, then of course we'd be generous. I've, I've prayed that a thousand times. Lord, uh, make me win the lottery and you won't believe the money I'll give to you. And, uh, and yeah. God's answer always is, you know, John, you're not doing very good with what I have given you. So I have no, I don't think if I give you more, that will help. Uh, Because, no, it doesn't come from the abundance of the blessings we have, but it does come from this faith in Jesus Christ that knows that God's gracious, God's merciful to us. We don't deserve a thing, and and yet he's given us so much. So, yeah, James, I think there's a direct correlation. We we, we need to focus on that and on what the Lord has done for us, both here physically, but also primarily spiritually in Christ. And then this Spirit will come. That's where the Spirit comes, where there's forgiveness, there's the Spirit alive and well. And then you get this generosity. And like I said, it, it, it's going on. Uh, it's just hidden a lot of time in our sinful flesh. Now, you've got the harder question, though. Thank heavens you have it, AJ. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, I, I appreciate your answer. And, and I think that, well, we, because we were already kind of talking about it, it's um, just elaborating on what you were saying, that like, what what's moving them right is not that god you know showered like you know x amount more gold or something right like they got yeah. all the stuff back in egypt already um you know yeah. th- there wasn't there wasn't any more gold that fell from the sky after the golden calf it's just that their their hearts were changed and in particular it was th- receiving this forgiveness and 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 i think that i mean that that's really the thing right the the question is do we stop and do we actually really believe that we already have won the lottery. I mean, I mean yes. that's that to, to yes. go back to what you were saying, right? Yeah. Like if we if we actually can wake up in the morning and say, like, I am living the best life I could imagine because I already have won the lottery because of everything that God has given me. I I am I am a I'm a king. I am so happy with what I have. I mean, like if if that was the mindset, right? then the generosity would follow. So I don't think it's about God giving us more. It's about us realizing just what a vast uh, sum we have already had deposited into our accounts through Christ. So, AJ, boy, and and thank you for reminding us, they didn't have anything. This was all the stuff they got from the Egyptians, but apparently, and, and at first they thought it did belong to them. Yeah, we got that from the Egyptians. We asked for it. We plundered it. It belongs to us. But now you, as you said, now with the spirit, there's a new heart. No, 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 this was never our stuff to begin with, (laughs) you know? Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. it's just a blessing from God. So, I mean, like, you you need, it's it's the change of perspective, it's the change of the the heart, right, that actually makes this happen. And so, so I think then, um, so James's question that was kind of comparing this, I think he was talking about kind of the, the kind of the rhetoric here in uh, in Luke, I think like kind of fifteen and sixteen. I mean, it's interesting because like in fifteen, um, or I think those are the chapters you mentioned. Like in fifteen, the, the the first thing that happens is you've got this guy who approaches Jesus and he says, um, "Well, actually, no, uh, no, that, that's the parable of the prodigal son." 
uh, but no, where 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 is it here? But there's 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 this moment um, in in the gospel where he actually is confronted by this guy who's like, hey, you know, tell tell my brother to share the inheritance with me, right? Um, and this kind of provokes these these sorts of uh, parables and teachings about, well, okay, well, let's talk about giving here, right? And and you know, possessions and, and wealth, right? Um, and, and the way that you know the Lord talks about it here, well, you've got the you know the big one. Um, is this idea of, well, you know, if you don't forgive other people, it, is God going to forgive you? Well, well, no. Um, and, and it's, I think, getting into the idea of, like, kind of the, the measure, right? Um, yes. Uh, the, 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 like, well, whatever you use to, uh, like, like uh, I forget how, how it goes, like, now, because I'm, I'm more familiar with the one that's in um, Matthew. Yeah, but, here, I, I've got it. Given it yeah, will yeah. be given. I had to look it up myself. Given it will yeah. be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put in your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Thank you. There you go. Oh, oh no, that's right. Because that okay, that one's back in Luke six, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, very good. Yeah, but so this this is um, I I think kind of like a, a little bit of like Luke's version of of what you have elsewhere in in Matthew, um and and uh and mark um but like i I think i think the idea is like in in that act of giving right i mean it's really reflecting the condition of your heart and so if you're if you're being stingy with people right i mean so this isn't this isn't so much i don't think like god's just kind of looking down being like okay how much is he going to put in the plate or how, or how much is, is he going to give the guy on the road? Right. Like, Oh, you give him that much. Okay. Add that to his credit. Right. Like it's not so much that. And it's sort of like, we're kind of like, you know, I, I mean, there is that kind of language or metaphor there. Just, you know, that's kind of like a certain angle on it, but I don't think it's as much that so much as it is. If, if we, as we give are, are stingy. Right. And we're like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. Um, well, that reflects already the condition of our heart. And that's, and it's a terrible condition of the heart to have, because like we were saying, it means if you could win the lottery tomorrow and you wouldn't be happy. Yes. I mean, ultimately, yeah. you'd be yeah. you'd be happy for like you know a minute, and then and then you're you're you'd be back to being miserable again because you can't be content with anything. And, and so, I mean, really, I think this kind of like gets down to it, whether it's like with giving or with judging. Um, also, in the context of Luke six, that if if we feel this need, this this desperate need to like cling on to this stuff or to cling on to our pride, uh, I mean, it just reflects how God has not had his way with us in transforming our heart. And so what, what, a, what a, I mean, what a curse that is. So, so, so that's, that's, that's a law statement. It is a true statement, by the way. Uh, the more generous you are, usually the, the, the more things work well for you. Uh, the problem is when I hear that statement, I realize, oh man, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really in a pickle because <laughs> I'm not very generous at all sometimes. Uh, but like you said, that's to make us realize, okay, we, we really do have a problem. Sin isn't just things that we confess at the beginning of a worship service. Sin is a reality. And, and then I look at this passage from John 3, verse 34, where it says, for God gives the spirit without measure. So if you're having problems with these things, well, I know where you go. You go to the Lord. You pray to him. Uh, and he's the one that's capable of giving us the spirit. And by the way, he will not uh, He will not shortchange you in that respect. That's right. He loves to give it without measure. And in fact, he does, doesn't he, in the forgiveness and the grace of Jesus Christ. There is no measure given there. So that, well, that's it, the contrast. When you do it yeah. your way, well, then it's always going to be measured out. When you do it through Jesus Christ, then there is no measure. It's, well, it's I mean, just, and it's just, un, and it's just like we were saying. Unlimited. It's just like what, when, when your heart's transformed and your, and your spirit is, is stirred up like this, 
you you become wealthy because wealth is really only the only thing that wealth really consists in is contentment. And yeah, so if, yeah. if by God's power he makes you contented, then you're like, you wake up and you say, hey, I'm a king, right? Um, if, if you're just Se- a miser, seek though. Seek first his kingdom yeah, and all right. things will that's be right. added to you. That's right. Yes. So, so, uh, so yeah, so to your point, right, like uh, I appreciate what you were saying earlier, John, like if we, if we find, like we read all this and we're like, oh man, like all, all that gold and all that silver, all the, that yarn and like they gave up all that stuff, right? Um, just basically every all their most precious things they gave all of that up for this this tabernacle and we're kind of thinking to ourselves like oh gosh like I don't I don't know how much I'm giving or you know like and, and if that's what we're doing then we gotta say hey look we gotta go back and we gotta realize that that was us who built that golden calf and that was us who committed idolatry and that was us that should have been just yeah. wiped off the face of the earth but Moses and Christ made intercession we got we gotta go back and see like, just what kind of riches we've been given, not gold or silver, but with the holy, precious blood and innocent suffering death of Jesus Christ. And when we go back to that, that changes the way that we do our accounting. Um, any, any concluding thoughts, brother? No, I think you've summarized it well, AJ. It's been a joy working with you uh, again today. So, uh, Always is likewise, brother. Take care. Enjoy that time with the family. Everybody, that was Pastor John Lekumski, pastor from Southern Illinois, also one of the co-hosts of Wrestling with the Basics, Saturdays, 9 o'clock on KFUO Central Time. Uh, yeah, so that, that wraps up Chapter 36 really well. Um, you know, we, we saw that correspondence that, yeah, it's it's all just turning out exactly the way that God described it because he changed their hearts because he poured out their spirit that's true for them that's true for us in jesus christ okay next time moving on to chapter 37 to talk about now the ark and the table and the lampstand and all the rest so check that one out if you've got any questions for us make sure you hop on the live stream or send an email or give us a phone call until then everybody i'm pastor aj espinosa peace You've been listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.